0: professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. My name is Tarek Leeson. I'm a parents' parent educator. I'm a military spouse and a parent to three military kids. And today I am your host for our podcast on back to school. And joining me is the parent-to-parent program manager, Judy Glennon. Thank you for joining us, Judy. Happy to be here, Tara. So we both have had first days of school, but we're on different ends of the spectrum. So I have my last child, my youngest child, my kindergartner, starting her first day of school was yesterday, and Judy's first day of her youngest, his first day of college was yesterday.
1: Actually, it was Thursday. Okay, last week, but that's okay because my my next youngest child, his first day of his second year of college was yesterday. I have to say, I I still have a love-hate relationship with the first day of school, you know. I agree, I agree. It's hard for me because, you
0: know, there's all these different types of parents, and I am the type of parent that is the crier, that is the crier at the beginning of school, and even on the second day today as my kindergartner, kiss me on the cheek and decided to run off with her friend who was going to walk her to kindergarten, that I still teared up a little bit and I have to wave my face and not let my little one see me get all choked up because I have a hard time at the beginning of school.
1: It, it's always difficult, I think, when we start that next year of education for our, for our kids. You know, we we have wishes and we have hopes and we have dreams, but. For all of our children, regardless of what age they are, the biggest challenge for us as parents, I think, is letting go and having the confidence that they're going to um, find their place and figure things out for themselves. Each year, they they grow hopefully in figuring out a few more things for themselves. Um, but but even with college kids, you know, they still need mom. You know, mm-hmm. they're still calling, saying. Um, where did you put this and how do I find that and I know that you know when your kiddos get home from school at the end of the day they're going to have questions about what do they do with this homework or that it's the same you know the anxiety that we feel as parents who who want our kids to be completely successful at everything and and never never have an off day it's just it's always there with us I think it's it's what makes us moms
0: yeah and I'm so excited that we get to talk about these school-age children and the college-age children. We have some workshops on back-to-school basics, but we never talk about the college students. So I'm so excited that we're talking about that today. We just had our Meet the Teacher night last week. We always talk about that, you know, going and setting that foundation for the positive communication with the school right off the bat and setting the tone right up, we, they had their kindergarten roundup. We just PCSed as well, which is contributes to that crying and nervousness that my kids are the new kids once again after all these PCS moves. So we found out, we came and did a visit early on to the school back in April and found out that their kindergarten roundup was back then. So we really, as parents, had to be proactive in knowing that she missed some of her kindergarten screenings and specifically a dyslexia screening that now we, have Gone to the school and say okay we realized the screening happened back in April you know how quickly can we move forward with all the screenings that we need that we know that happened back in the kindergarten roundup and also just starting that communication early before school even started I met with the principal already I've toured the school and on the first day of school my husband and I were walking yesterday and the principal looks at me oh hi Mrs. Gleason nice to see you again and he's like uh, the today's the first day how does the principal know you and I said well we've, we've already talked several times and uh, we know through MIC-3, the Interstate Compact, that you can hand-carry records. And this summer, I went in with those hand-carried records, and it's really helped us expedite and place my students. I have a kindergartner, a third grader, and a fifth grader. And I think that really just helps start that dialogue early in that back-and-forth conversation with the school and that open communication that we look for and talk about
2: in our parent-to-parent workshops.
1: Absolutely, and and from... from your early meeting back in the spring when you came here to figure out where you were gonna live and, and um, what school you wanted to put your kids in, which is important, by the way, because when you did come here, um, I think it was back in April, you were, you were interviewing, basically, principals and schools to find out which ones had the programs that your children needed so that you could decide, do you live on post, do you live out in the community, what do you need to do so that you can get your kids the services that they need? And not leaving it to chance. It's always a little bit of chance because you never have any guarantee that the teacher is going to be exactly the right fit for your student or that the the kids are going to make all of the great fast friends that they had where they were before. But doing as much as you can in advance like you did um, is the best way to set them up for success so that they can spread their wings, so that they can be able to make friends and feel like they're fitting in and be in the right placement for their academic abilities and and so that you can breathe and not have quite so much anxiety as you would if you were coming into a completely cold.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I definitely check those daily folders for communication. Right now they have logs in are they're folders that we write back and forth for two of them. Another teacher is using a text messaging system. Another is using Class Dojo, which we've used before. And I really like those communication tools. I prefer emailing the teacher for that communication. Calling is hard to get a hold of them sometimes. Or I just leave them a note to call me back. I might also have a quick word if I, as I volunteer. We talk about the importance of parent involvement and what that might look like like so when I'm in volunteering and if there's a moment without students present I might have a quick word with the teacher and just check how things are going of course we want to save parent teacher conference type stuff for parent teacher time and this is this the time of year that I'm trying to determine really as a new family to the community what are the needs of the school what does my time frame look like and how is volunteering or getting involved at school going to look for us this year each one of my kids that looks different so last year volunteering I worked from home and so the difference to this year is I'm working in an office so I've let the school know in all the volunteer stuff early on hey if there's something that can happen very first in the day or at the end of the day during before pickup that's better for me if you need me at the school but there's been other times with parent involvement that I cut things out at home and send it back in the backpack or Another student, I'm just like the party mom or field trip mom. Mm-hmm. And for my pre-K or last year, the school didn't have funding for a librarian. And I was a teacher and I love reading. And we do, you know, back in the day that I was on a parents' parent team, we do early literacy workshops. So I said, would, would you like me to come in and read? So almost every week I was reading for their story time which is was really fun for me finding something that I enjoy doing and since I wasn't able to do early literacy workshops to kind of step up and just be able to work with kids directly instead of just parents was fun for me. And so this year I'm in that phase still of figuring out what the schedule is going to allow and what the school needs and how I'm going to get involved because I feel like that's a positive way also to communicate with school.
1: And it's, honestly, it's one of the critical ways for parents to be able to to communicate, is, is to be involved, to be someone that, that the school staff, not just the teachers, but the staff, you know, the front office staff, the principal, the secretaries. Honestly, the secretary is your ticket to the principal if you need to see the principal. And if you have made a connection with the secretary um, or the front desk, or the front office staff, It's a lot easier in almost every case to get in to see that principal if they know you as someone who is level-headed. If you're going to come there with an issue, it's something that you've thought out. I like the idea. I always tried to volunteer, even when I was in the Army. I tried to volunteer with my kids' schools whenever I could. I tried to make sure that I knew the people that were interacting with my kids every day you know, friends. they friends. Honestly,
0: that's how you find out what's really going exactly. on. Exactly. Now having an almost fifth grader, I would never, they just don't talk as much as when they're younger.
1: You need to know the cafeteria monitors, you know, you really need to know the janitors and, and pop in. I always like to give them like a, a Starbucks gift card at the beginning of the school year, just as, as kind of a thank you for taking care of my kids. And it's a small thing and not everybody can do that. I understand that, but but it, it gives you that kind of a connection with people who will tell you when there's a problem that you might not find out in any other way. And it's it's just a simple thing. A handshake in the morning and a thank you for, for looking after the kiddos is, is really very important. And and it puts a smile on their face. And they've got a thankless job. I mean, imagine cleaning up after a whole bunch of third graders who've just been you know on bathroom break. I would not want that job. Mm. But somebody's got to do it, and if they know that they're appreciated, it makes all the difference in the world. And again, it's another way for you to connect with somebody who can help you out, um, knowing what's going on with your kids if you need it.
0: Yeah, I like to always ask teachers, sometimes the librarian, or the nurse, or the teachers in special education, what supplies do you need? I will be happy to... And sometimes you get the shocked face, like they don't... they're not used to parents thinking about them in that way. Because they have to buy things out of their pocket, too. So I always look for those people, those unnoticed people, also that we could help out by bringing stuff also. I want to switch gears to the college portion real quick. (laughs) Just when it comes to, I know that parents, once your child's in college, you are not the ones talking to the instructors. What do you, you know, what have you talked to your boys so far? And I know your daughter's graduated already from college. When it comes to
1: communication, like with their teachers. I encourage them. First of all, to read their email, because the one thing that I have learned is college professors communicate by email. Yes, they give the assignments out in class sometimes, but sometimes they give them a syllabus and it says when everything is due, and that's the last they they even discuss it. Um, Most of the colleges here in Texas use Blackboard. I think most colleges and universities do, and so the assignments are posted there, but I also my homework assignment for my sons is to schedule an office visit with their professors during the first two weeks of class, and then they have to come back to me and tell me what they discussed with their professors, because otherwise they will go through the entire year and only see that man or woman in class, and and they have no connection with them. And these professors, some of them have a thousand students in in just one course, not one one class session, but they may have, you know, freshman English, and they may have a thousand students in freshman English, and they don't know my son from anybody else. But if they take the time to go in and meet them, introduce themselves, let them know that they're there to learn and they're interested, then it can make a big difference. So my sons this year have got to come back to me a week from Friday and give me a report out on every professor that they've got and and what they talked about. And I got some pushback, but I reminded them that college is their job, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is a work assignment. I did talk to my oldest son um, yesterday, and he's already met with one of his professors, and he's like, no, it's not a big deal. It's more a function of getting it scheduled, Mm -hmm. but they have to. You know, college students have got to make that connection with their professors. And the other issue that we have, when you send your kids away to college, especially when they're not going with a trusted friend, that they've known forever, is making friends. And so if they're not really outgoing, then then the issue and the concern is, are they going to be lonely? Are they going to make friends? Are they going to get along with their roommates? Or is it going to be an animal house situation? Mm-hmm. And so, we, you know, we worry about that a little bit. But I'm, I'm really excited about this year. I think um, the boys are going to be exploring and learning new things. And and getting to know new people and they both started actually making friends so I'm pretty excited about that. So and it doesn't
0: go away, like I have a oh little no, still no. And, you, and that's always the big issue. Honestly for their transition the number one thing is when they make that one special yeah. friend and in this case living where we live now there's so many kids and right away they've done, they've done well because they go into their class and they recognize kids from the neighborhood and it's that friendship piece that I think is so important. It, it
1: absolutely is. And I will say that I probably have spoken to my sons more since they left for college than I did all summer. And they've only gone, you know, less than two weeks for both of them. But when they call, they'll say, hey, mom, how are you? And I'll say, I'm fine. How are you? And they'll say, oh, it's going great. I'm, you know, this is happening or that's happening. And the very next thing that I say to both of them is, have you met anybody? Have you made any more friends? How you know? Are you getting out there, or are you being a dorm rat? Mm-hmm. Because that's the last thing that you want, especially for a young college student, is for them to get in the habit of staying in their room, doing their homework, hopefully doing their homework, and then not getting out and interacting. And not college is an opportunity for our kids to learn about the next phase of their life and to find out all the wonderful things that are available for them on the universities, the movies, the plays, the the music. The, the social interaction, the intramural sports, the, the big-time sports that, that many of the universities are known for. And if all they do is sit in their room, then they're missing out on so much. And so I just really try and encourage them to always get out, find one organization that they can be a part of, and, and meet someone that's got a common interest.
0: So what about homework? I, I know for our school-aged kids, we talk about having their homework routines, having all their materials in one place, and we're still establishing at our house, every every time we move, every time we PCS and have a new school schedule and different family demands, we, we set up our own kind of homework time and schedule. So it, it, we're still establishing that now. What does that look like for college students? Is that something you talked to them about or oh, we yeah. have a plan for?
1: Yeah, because college is, for those of you who haven't been to college for a while, you may have forgotten. College is so 180 from from high school because the bulk of their work is done outside of class. Even in high school, they go to school from here in Texas in in Colleen. They go from 8:15 in the morning until 4:15 in the afternoon, and they're in school. And then they come home, and they may have three or four hours of homework, but but that's it. They've been in school all day. In college. Quite frankly, my oldest son, his first class is not until 11. Which um, I think is genius. Yep. I used to do that in college too, especially yep. if I was in the dorms. And, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he gets out at 4 o'clock. Tuesdays and Thursdays, he only has one class, and it doesn't start until 2. It's important to, for them to understand that you may only be in class for 3 hours a week, but you need to look at the work that they're assigning to you, because they're expecting that for every hour of class time, there's probably two to three hours worth of homework. And so again, this is where we impress upon them that their job is to go to class and do the homework and turn it in. And it's not enough to do the homework, they also have to hit the upload button, because in most cases they're they're uploading it to to a cloud server or something like that, but establishing that routine of, okay, uh, I'm gonna get up at 9 o'clock in the morning and I'm gonna do two hours of homework before my 11 o'clock class, and I'm not gonna do it the day of the class, I'm gonna do it the day before.
0: I'm excited to hear kind of, I think for us as parents of younger kids to know where we're going, like hearing what's gonna happen in college, all these getting organized and good study habits, and homework help, All of that sets the foundation for them to be successful at this next stage in post-secondary. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you telling us more about what to expect in college. So next we're going to have a clip. This summer at NTS, I did an interview with some people from the Biden Foundation. So one of them's name is Maggie Phillips, and she has an article called, Back to School Advice from the Future for Military-Connected Kids. So we're going to listen to the clip from the Biden Foundation. And then I'll come back on and talk about this blog post that she put on the Biden Foundation's website at bidenfoundation.org. Joining us today is some folks from the Biden Foundation, Rory Brocius and Maggie Phillips. Rory is the advisor for military families for the Biden Foundation. And Maggie is the Biden Fellow for military families. So thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us today. So Rory, can you tell us, I know that
2: you are a military spouse. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Absolutely. Um, I am a military spouse. My husband served in the Marine Corps for 10 years and recently transitioned to veteran status. So we are kind of living the transition of of active duty to veteran. Um, But I also was a a civilian employee of both the Army and the Marine Corps in my time that I was um, a military spouse and had a really wonderful opportunity to work with lots of service members, veterans, and their families. Um, I'm a social worker by training, and so a lot of my experience came from working directly with Marines and Soldiers um, at different bases, and so when I had the opportunity to go and work for Dr. Biden while she was still at the White House, um, I took that opportunity and and was like very many military spouses who was working for free as a, as an intern, and it turned into a full-time job, and six years later, I'm still with the Bidens, uh, supporting work that I care so deeply about and working for, um, obviously, Dr. B, who cares so, so deeply about this community as a Blue Star mom herself. Can you talk to us a little bit about the goals at the Biden Foundation? Absolutely. So at the transition time when the Bidens obviously left the Obama-Biden administration, they started the Biden Foundation to continue work, to continue kind of their lifelong work um, in supporting different subject matter areas and so two of those areas are supporting community colleges and supporting military families and those are Dr. Biden's real strong pillars um, within the Biden Foundation so um, you know through our foundation we seek to amplify partners great work in those spaces but also to you know lend these two very powerful voices to issues that matter to so very many people Um, And so this has just been a natural continuation of work that they've been doing for so many years. Um, And I think Maggie and I are really lucky to be on the staff and get to keep, keep furthering those goals.
0: Absolutely. So Maggie,
2: you are a military child yourself and a military
3: spouse, but you also are a writer and you write for the blog for the Biden Foundation. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I'd like to talk about my very first blog entry that I did for the Biden Foundation blog, which is up on our website. It was in May, and it was about our Picturing Home effort, in which we asked for artwork from school age children, grades 1 through 12. And it was for military and civilian kids. And it could be any kind of art just focused around what the word home means to them. And the whole idea was to illustrate that there are more commonalities than differences between military and civilian kids. And it was really illuminating, and in my blog entry, I wrote about one particular um, entry that we received from a girl named Abby, whose father was in the Air Force. And there was a quote that I found really powerful just when I was looking through our entries, where she says, My favorite colors are orange, purple, and blue, but I've never been able to paint my room. And as a military child myself, I know moving every few years, you don't always get to decorate your room the way you want. And it's one of those things that you don't even really think about, necessarily. And ultimately, she says that no matter where she goes, she always finds her home. And so I thought that was really powerful. And I thought it really spoke to the military child experience. And so that's what I chose to write about in encouraging continued entries at that time for Picturing Home. And I was just so lucky to be able to contribute on the Biden Foundation blog to have that platform. They're still um, you know, giving a platform to a military child, <laughs> even to write about getting more artwork from military children. So it was very cool.
0: Absolutely. I look forward. you You told me that you have a post coming up about from a military child to other military children, correct?
3: Yes. We're hoping to have that come out around back to school time, depending on when your listeners uh, get this. And it's just advice, you know, from your future self kind of yeah. um, things that I never would have thought about at the time, but that I kind of wish I had known (laughs) growing up. I look forward to reading that. Absolutely.
2: So, Rory, can you tell us a little bit about Operation Educate the Educators? Absolutely. Um, So at the White House, we had an initiative that Dr. Biden co-founded with uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama called Joining Forces. And through Joining Forces, we sought to further work that supported veteran service members and their families. And one of the pillars of joining forces was education. Um, and one of the things you will hear Dr. Biden say when someone asks her, you know, what can I do to support military families? She always goes back to do what you do best and go to your strengths. And whether you're a social worker and that means you're going to learn more about military kids so that when they're in your um, you know, your treatment room, you know the unique things that they're facing. Or, you know, you're a doctor, same thing. She's a teacher, and, and she comes at this from being both a military mom and a teacher. And so it was a really natural fit when we talked about education, to think about how we were educating the next generation of educators, and really teaching them to look out for military kids in the classroom. And and Dr. Biden will tell a story. Um, you know, her grandchildren experienced the deployment of their father. He was a National Guardsman. Um, and Natalie and Hunter were just really well supported by their their teachers their teachers put it I mean Natalie's teacher put a picture of of Bo's unit up in the, in the classroom and said you know Natalie's daddy is gone this year and and did a really good job of of supporting those kids and that meant so much to the Bidens and that was just an organic thing that happened in that classroom but in in communities across the country we have teachers who don't know that they have military kiddos sitting in that classroom and just having a little bit of cultural competency provided by their, their teaching curriculum could really make a huge difference in the lives of kids. And so when we started Operation Educate the Educator, that was the whole goal was to get these teachers basic level cultural competency about the kids that could be in their classroom and what they could do to support them. Um, And so through work with MSEC and the Teachers Colleges, we were really able to do that and and I will never forget, we went to Fort Riley, Kansas a couple years ago and we met students from uh, the University of Kansas and listening to those teaching students who were going to become teachers, sitting in the classrooms with these military connected kids was priceless. I mean, those kids really We're getting something from a teacher that they wouldn't have gotten five years ago because they the teacher just didn't know and so now we're giving them that opportunity to to really think about you know how can I best support a military connected kid in my classroom and how do I even know if they're there right
0: so you you touched on this a little bit can you talk about some of the programs for National Guard and Reserve youth or how the Biden Foundation has that invested interest in that demographic
2: Sure. So as I mentioned, um, Dr. Biden's son Beau served in the Delaware National Guard and he deployed um, for a year in 2008-2009. And so, you know, we really are able to see that kind of need for support of National Guard and Reserve youth through the lens of someone who's really experienced that. Um, And so while we have a military child student identifier, which is great, it helps us find where those active duty kids are, We don't have that same data about National Guard and Reserve, and it's so important for us to know. And so I think one of the things that the Biden Foundation is doing is working with MSEC to figure out, what should we be doing better in the National Guard and Reserve space? What are the unique needs of this population? And it's hard, because we don't necessarily know where they all are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why we're really really happy to be working with MSEC on this and and figuring out what we can all be doing to make sure these kids who are in places like Peoria, Illinois and West Paducah, Kentucky are getting the support that they need um, when you know people don't even know that they're military kids. Absolutely and their needs
0: are a little bit different than the active duty.
2: Absolutely. You know we always say military
0: kids are kids first everybody's Mm -hmm. kids but I think the same would be said for you know our reserve and guard families Mm -hmm. that those families and kids have slightly different needs than our active
2: duty. Absolutely. I think you know one of the needs that we always think about with active duty military kids is these these constant moves. And so we're always thinking about that transition with them. Well with National Guard and Reserve youth they might not be moving but they might be experiencing a deployment for the very first time and have never experienced that before. And so what should teachers be on the lookout for? What should parents be on the lookout for? What should school counselors be on the lookout for? Um, so that's, you know, something I think is really important for us to keep thinking about is kind of the lens through which we support these kids. It might be a little different, but you're right, they're kids first.
1: Right.
0: So thank you so much, Rory and Maggie, for talking with us today. I want to thank you for taking the time to share all your valuable information with us. So one of the people that we interviewed for the Biden Foundation was Maggie Phillips, who was one of the fellows, and she's written for our On The Move magazine. She also writes for the blog for the Biden Foundation in the heart of the issue series. And she has one that's called Back to School Advice from the Future for Military Connected Kids. And she released this on August 27th. And I was able to read over it today and just wanted to touch on a couple of things that she said as we head back to school. And if you wanna check this out, you just go to the Bidenfoundation.org to be able to find it. And she talked about how military kids today, you may hate moving now, but you're probably gonna miss it someday. And that's always, I just find that valuable as a parent of military kids who once again yesterday, my kids were the new kids at school again, that they're gonna look back on this time and miss it. And also that they have that instant connection with other military kids and that they're gonna be able to meet other military connected kids over time. So she talks a little bit about that and also about them becoming more comfortable with diversity. But I'm not gonna to give too much away about her article, but I highly recommend that you check it out on the Biden Foundation's website. So I, we really appreciate Maggie and Rory talking to us and sharing their knowledge and experience that they've had over time. Thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Please like share and subscribe and we appreciate your comments questions and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about